0: Hey, everyone. Welcome into the Simon Short Podcast. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, I did tweet this out this week uh, or over the weekend, but I just wanted to say on here for anybody listening, we are up to the one-year anniversary of the Simon Short Podcast. So for everybody that's listening now, has listened to any number of episodes that we've had, this is now episode 55, I believe. Um, But we're at the one-year mark, so I just really appreciate everybody that's been on this journey, uh, everybody that has been on the podcast at some point, whether it's been once or seven, eight, nine, ten times, I'm just really, really excited, really looking forward to all the things that we have here in year number two in 2023. Um, tons of NFL content, and, and we are definitely going to be sprinkling in uh, some of the other topics as always throughout, but tons of NFL content coming your way. And just wanted to thank everybody again for being here. So I'm going to start with a little monologue before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Um, quick plug for the Phantom Football Podcast with Ben Parker and Ronan Summers, who you all know uh, from many, many appearances on this show. Um, make sure you guys are taking a look at that uh, that podcast. We are reacting to everything week in and week out of the NFL playoffs. So make sure you're subscribing there. And getting your weekly updates on everything NFL, uh, right? We typically release episodes Tuesday mornings. Um, with the NFL not having Monday night games now, we have been uh, we did start doing Monday morning uh, episode releases. So just subscribe to the pod, follow on Twitter at Phantom Football. That way, you know uh, as soon as a new episode comes out, and we have tons of off season content coming to you on that same feed all off season long. So make sure you don't miss out if you if you like the NFL stuff we do over here you definitely like that as well. And now I'm just going to complain about my Washington Wizards here for a couple minutes um who just traded Rui Hachimura to the Los Angeles Lakers for three second round picks and Kendrick Nunn uh, it seems widely believed that Kendrick Nunn is going to be released. The two of those three second round picks aren't even for another like 4 years or something like that. Just another just another wasted draft pick, man. Just another top 10 pick down the drain. Um, If you follow me on Twitter, you saw my rant, I am sure, but uh, I did just want to bring this up for the wizards here. Here are their drafts. Here are their drafts going back to John wall. When this era started. So 2010, John wall in the first round, Uh, 2011, first round pick Jan Vesley, Also Chris Singleton, John Vesely, is having a great European career now for the last, you know, six or seven years, Uh, 2012, Brad Beal, 2013, Otto Porter, Uh, 2014, no first-round pick. I believe that was for Marcin Gortat. 2015, first-round pick, Jerrion Grant. That went to the Hawks, and I believe that was in the three-way Kelly Oubre deal. 2016, no draft pick. That was for Markeith Morris. 2018, Troy Brown, also on the Lakers. Uh, 2019, Rui Hachimura, ninth overall pick. Um, 2020, once again, the ninth overall pick, Denny Avdia. Uh, 2021, Corey Kispert, 15th overall and tenth overall johnny davis who um i I just who who plays more games for the wizards johnny davis or one of those three second or all of those three second round picks uh that that's what i want to know so if you have any thoughts on that please let me know but the Rui hachimura situation it just perfectly encapsulates you know what what's up with the wizards This, this guy did not get better um really at anything in his four year three and a half years with the team and and i'm not blaming him this isn't that anti-rui thing solid solid player he has skills he has good size you you know there's a world where he becomes a good useful nba wing player um but the wizards did not coach him up they didn't create a real role for him never played more than 57 games in a season um with, with the wizards And it's just bad, man. And and I highlighted in in those draft picks, what they've done post this wall and Beal combo era, especially has been really just embarrassing that, that wall team building was so strong. You get wall, you get Beal, you get Porter, you trade for Morris, you trade for Cortot. You've got vets like Trevor Ariza, Nene, Paul Pierce. Um, coming in and out of of the team as well to play with those guys. And, you know, it was great. It was great team building. You trade Wall and, you know, everything everything goes down the drain. You get two years, 2019 and 2020, where Beal was a 30-point-per-game scorer. And 2019 was when Wall was on the team but missed the entire season. 2020 was the Russell Westbrook year. And the team didn't win anything. You know, in 2020, the team sneaks into the playoffs with a losing record on the back of Russell Westbrook having a huge, you know, last quarter of the season and it's just been bad since then. Bill hasn't been able to stay on the court either. He's taken a, a step back. He, he's now in the like 23 to 25 point per game range. So just kind of right back to where he was, you know, for the for the most part of his career. Um not even to 25. 23 points per game last season, 22 points per game this season. Um, He hasn't been a knockdown three-point shooter since 2017, 2018 season, where he shot 38%. Um, He hasn't shot above 35% from three for a full season since then. He's at 36.6% right now on just four attempts per game, which is his lowest average since 2014, 2015 season when he was 21 years old. uh, Shout out Kevin Smick, a longtime uh, partner on this podcast, longtime guest having conversations with him this week about this whole situation. And it's, it's just real sad shout out to Delonte Victory as well. A good buddy on Twitter uh, and, and from back home and everything. And just the Wizards are a sad franchise, man. And those, those wall seasons, you know, especially right there, 2014 to 2018 range, you really felt like you could buy into something um, in there. And of course, you know, that's, that's the height of the Warriors, LeBron's Cavs, Second time around, you know, you you weren't thinking championship, but just, in terms of a team that you really had faith in and, and enjoyed watching and enjoyed believing in. And they're not that they're not that right now, right now, I believe they are uh, 10th in the Eastern conference. I, I can't even be hundred percent sure with you, uh, but you're, you just got to think you see, I, I get my Twitter notifications and, and following the team and uh, Oh, Beale's set to come back from an ankle sprain or, or hamstring tightness and Porzingis coming back from an ankle strain. Man, why? Just <laughs> why are we doing this? Um, you know, I'm sitting here wondering if the team can get RJ Barrett and Obi Toppin for Brad Peel. That, that's where we are with the Wizards right now. Um, so that's been your sad Wizards check in. Uh, if I go any longer, we'll be here for 30 minutes before we get into the pod. I just wanted to give a fun little Wizards rant in honor of the one year anniversary of the Simon Shore podcast because that's what the Simon Shore podcast is kind of based on right there. So I uh, really appreciate everybody listening and being here for the last season or for the last year, please continue to be here. Please continue to subscribe, share, um, interact on Twitter, uh, uh, rate and review the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It's been so much fun doing this. Um, and I would love for all of you guys to come with me and, and continue to do it. So Going to get into this episode with Shane. We are doing a NFL playoff check-in where we're going to do our best to recap the highlights of the wild card and divisional round games that have been played in the NFL so far. And a little bit of a preview into the championship games, conference championship games coming up this weekend. So uh, we really hope you enjoy. Thank you all for listening. Uh, here's the podcast. Welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. We are once again joined by owner, CEO, I believe he called himself a benevolent dictator last time he was on, but it's his second showing on the Simon Short Podcast from Phantom Sports. It is Shane Davis. Shane, what is up, my man?
1: Not much. Uh, out here in the Idaho cold. Actually, I'm sure it's, it's pretty gonna, cold everywhere, but...
0: I to just let that one linger for a minute, that... That Idaho cold. Just real sad stuff, my man. Real sad stuff. Yeah. Feel free. I you. said
1: it and then I realized it's probably cold everywhere. So
0: <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it hits a, just a little bit different out that way than in most places. Um, well, hopefully if you are a little chilly out there, we can help warm you up with some really fun content um we are here to talk about the nfl playoffs thus far uh remember if you want a week by week breakdown of of what's happening in in the nfl go over to the phantom football podcast where i'm with ben parker and ronan summers and we do everything every single week we hit all the matchups we hit all the injuries all the news storylines everything but Shane and i wanted to come and give an overarching kind of rundown of what the playoffs have looked like thus far. So from the wild card round all the way till now, where it is uh Wednesday, January 25th, as we record this, we obviously know who's in the conference championship game. So anything that's happened thus far, or in a preview sense that could happen uh in this weekend's games is on the table for us. So we will be hitting that for you tonight. We're gonna do that with a segment called the red zone. Um, it's the playoffs. We uh, just finished our divisional round. As I said, four teams remain. It's all on the line. Much like a playoff team in the red zone, we each are going to have four tries to accomplish our goal, and that is telling the story of the playoffs thus far. So with that, Shane and I each have four topics we wanted to bring to the table for discussion that will help best tell the story of the 2022-2023 playoffs thus far. This can be anything. We can just say a player's name and talk about that. It could be a coach piece of news that's happened a specific play a key moment in the game a game itself a trend a storyline any single thing is up for grabs uh and ready to be talked about in this podcast so we are going to pick the mo- four most important things that we think will describe the playoffs for somebody five ten years from now and talk about them the only thing that's not applying so far is a prediction on a, on the super bowl or super bowl matchup everything else is on the table shane with all that are you ready
1: I'm very ready. I have seven, just in case we cross <laughs> paths with our ideas.
0: It was so hard. Every time I, every time I went to put my list together, in the like, what two or three weeks since we've talked about doing this, I've really just had to uh, chop away and narrow this thing down because mm. uh, we, uh, there's so much to talk about. There's, but we're gonna yeah. do our best. We're gonna try and keep it down to four. You know, who knows? Maybe we'll get a uh, defensive pass interference call here on, on fourth down, and we'll get a, we'll get a chance to throw a few more lobs into the end zone but Shane hit us with your first piece of information your first item here that you would like to talk about
1: um my first red zone play is going to be the improbable comeback in the wild card round with the Jags coming back against the Chargers uh that I mean I know the Jaguars lost the next week to the Chiefs but it's still it's that's history making right there like yeah, 27 nothing come back to win on the game-winning field goal I, I couldn't write couldn't written a better story three points to yeah. in the second half i I'd. it was just an amazing and shocking just uh end of the game there
0: there's so much to talk about with this one game i also had a, a semblance of this in a couple different areas so i'm really glad we brought up the game itself specifically um when you look back on this playoffs and you think about that game, who's going to be the first person in terms of their storyline that you think about, are you going to think about Trevor Lawrence? Are you going to think about Doug Peterson? Are you going to think about, um, Justin Herbert or, or anyone from the coaching staff of the chargers, Brandon Staley, obviously as the head coach, Joe Lombardi, who was fired, you know, basically uh, the next day. Um, or, or do you think of it more from like this positive spin and like this real emergence of the Jaguars? Or do you think about this as like a real, a real black mark a real stain for the chargers?
1: I think it's more, I think it tells more about the Jags than the chargers. I think it's mm-hmm. definitely a promising note for the chart, not the chargers, the Jaguars yeah. and where they're going and the success that I think they're going to have for a long time with Doug Peterson and uh, Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't, I Honestly, I don't think it's that much of a negative for the Chargers. Um, obviously, it sucks. There's a it, it is a negative in itself, but I don't think we should blow it out of proportion for what it really is worth. Um, Justin Herbert still top top five, top seven, top ten quarterback. Brandon Staley's a good coach. He's a little ballsy sometimes. He he has some questionable decisions, but he's still overall a pretty decent coach. Um, that defense it is lights out it had five turnovers in the first half. Like they just it was completely teams can have bad games like that. I sorry, I think that they they are they aren't in trouble. I don't think they should worry that much, but they definitely need to fix a couple of things.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, to start on the Jaguar side and Trevor Lawrence um and Doug Peterson, the whole team really we've seen so many times this season and every season where these silly things happen and teams go down in, in big ways and they just continue to dig themselves further and further into a hole. Right. Um, and that's not what the Jaguars did. They were like, okay, whatever. We're down 27 zero. Let's get a quick little touchdown here at the end of the half. Um, feel good about ourselves, go into the second half and, and just keep chipping away at this thing. And that's exactly what they did um we've seen them go through you know games like obviously not to this extent but games where they made mistakes had turnovers and had to kind of bounce back obviously you know similar situation uh, at the end of the Chiefs game where two turnovers on their last two drives where they could have tied it up so the, the Jaguars know who they are and they definitely have had had their shortcomings this season with those untimely turnovers, but it's a very young team. Um, Doug Peterson seems to have gotten their heads screwed on straight to be able to come out of those scenarios. And the fact that you have a a second-year quarterback in his first playoff appearance coming off of a very disappointing rookie season, uh, which I don't think anybody puts the blame on Lawrence himself, obviously. But to, to have all that and have that guy, have him have thrown four interceptions in one half, and then... Just cool as a cucumber comes out in the second half and and comes back and wins the game is 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 brilliant it's great stuff you you have such a sigh of relief as a jaguars fan because you're like i've got a coach i've got a quarterback i'm i'm set right everything Mm -hmm. else is gonna fall into place like work itself out we're seeing teams with with some ancillary issues around the league that i'm sure we'll talk about but if you have the coach you have the quarterback you gotta feel really really good for the chargers i'm right there with you um while yeah, you want to say it's embarrassing to blow a twenty-seven point lead, you also have to take into account how they were able to get that right. Turnovers statistically are kind of fluky, right? It's pretty lucky. Obviously, you have to be in the right place, have the right skill, have the right you know attention and detail to get them. But turnovers can be fluky, and, and I believe twenty of the twenty-seven Chargers points from the first half were of a direct result of one of those turnovers. So when you then take that away in the second half where the Jags didn't have any turnovers it just
1: it disappears you're scoring disappears. all your
0: all your scoring opportunities are gone exactly they started with those with great field position momentum all that stuff mm-hmm. and in the second half it was just kind of a nice reminder for everybody of what their issue had been all season and it's that despite having Justin Herbert who is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL you have a bad offense you <laughs> the <laughs> offense is just bad and um the exact thing that I, and and this sounds bad, I don't want anybody to get fired, but the right decision was to say, we're moving on from our offensive coordinator and passing game quarterback uh, coordinator and quarterbacks coach, I believe, also out the door. We need to revamp this offense. Brandon Staley, like you said, fine. Everyone forgets he's a defensive guy um, because he's young and analytically driven, so it must mean he's an offensive guy. No, he's a defensive guy. They put mm-hmm. together a great defensive game plan. Um, you keep him on board because the defense wasn't the issue. Bring someone in who's going to challenge this offense and and get more creative with the with the tools in the toolbox. Um, so I think the right thing happened, the right result happened at the end of the day for everybody. You know, obviously for the Chargers, you don't want to lose, but if losing in this way is what moves the team forward with the new OC, then in the long run, that's that's the right move. I agree. Um, all right. Let me see here. Let me hit you with mine because it kind of coincides with those two young guys we were talking about. And my first down play that I'm running here in the red zone is just the NFL quarterback rankings are potentially changing. Well, not potentially. This happens every playoffs, but are changing right before our eyes. Guys are moving up, moving down. Um, And there's a lot of guys we could talk about here. And, you know, you don't want to overreact like you said, but this is still where you know, the, the guys are made, the, the, you know, truly best players in the NFL become the truly best players is in the playoffs. So a guy like Trevor Lawrence coming back down from 27, zero recovering from four interceptions and a half is a really big deal, but I want to throw some names at you. And I want to see how you feel about how they're performing these playoffs, what it means for them kind of going into next season. We obviously uh, do a quarterback ranking over at Phantom sports, basically run by uh, Robertson Vier, wrote a big piece last year. Um, and then he's been on this podcast a couple times doing quarterback rankings. He and Ben Parker were on the Phantom YouTube page and did a big preseason ranking. So, uh, this is something that we do over at Phantom. It's great. It's great content. So I just kind of want to touch on it, but, um, real quick, Joe Burrow, obviously having a very good playoffs. Um, obviously going into his fourth matchup with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs. Um, gaining a lot of you know just the buzz on twitter for joe burrow of course is 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 ridiculous and, and crazy and out there and fun and um really really big so just are, are is joe burrow i guess my question is have these playoffs changed how you feel about joe burrow
1: um no they haven't they have not s- diminished how i feel it, it, they might have improved how i feel about joe burrow uh i definitely after last week joe burrow is the second best quarterback in the nfl in my mind and it's 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 a it's not up for debate as of right now anymore i don't think josh allen is better than joe burrow in that joe burrow's yes josh allen is bigger he can run and he's got a cannon of an arm joe burrow is very accurate He's very smart and he doesn't turn the ball over. And he may not have the same crazy stats as Josh Allen, but from a stati- from not from an analytical standpoint, he's winning games. And yes, last last week I think it was Joe Josh Allen had tons of more yards passing than Joe Burrow, but who won the game? It was the Bengals. And Passing so much in a snowstorm, essentially, isn't going to do anything. It's, it means nothing. If the other team is able to run the ball, why stop? Why try to pass the ball in that game? I That was one of the arguments I saw against why Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen. and made no sense to me. So Joe Burrow definitely is is improving in my mind when you say that name.
0: When In all my rankings, I should have gotten them pulled up, but I, I had him kind of in that like one B tier. Like I have Mahomes on his own and then kind of Allen just a tick behind him. And then Burrow was like in that next group, it was like Burrow, Lamar Jackson. If you wanted to say like ceiling Tom Brady, that was fine at one point. Um, But he was right under there. But if I, he's definitely up now. I don't know. I'd have to really dig in and and think about it for Burrow versus Allen, especially because there's so many ways to have that conversation, right? You could just say, like, if they switch teams, who who's in a better situation? Well, mm-hmm. I think the Bengals team is just better at this point. Um, you could say if you were starting a franchise over, what would you do? Uh, there, there's so many ways to talk about that. But I think Burrow is at least in – you can at least have that conversation now, right? Like a year ago, if, you, if we sat here on this Zoom and you told me Burrow is better than Josh Allen, I would have been sitting here like, I can't have this guy back on the podcast. He can't come <laughs> on and start saying this stuff. This isn't what we do here. Um, well, I got something for you. I you think, would have said Joe, that anyways.
1: I, I, well, no, I, um, you might think this now. I think that Joe Burrow is closer to Patrick Mahomes than people like to admit.
0: And people like to admit is is a tough thing to put, put like a number on, um. I don't think anybody's close. It's pass, re- very honestly, relative.
1: But... I think I think he's closer than people. Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. I think he's actually pretty close, especially if he wins this weekend. Because he, then he will be 4-0. He will be undefeated against him. He will have also made two consecutive Super Bowls. He, he still has to win one. So who knows? He might win this one. And if he wins Super Bowl. He, so this is all still up in the air. But I think he's right now still... Closer than people think. I think it still is Patrick Mahomes on his own level. Don't get me wrong, right now, but
0: I think Joe Burrow is slowly creeping up on that. He's, I, I'm with you on that part. He is getting closer and closer. Depending, I think, person to person, depend, you know, will tell you how big of a gap it still is. But yes, I think Burrow is now like if I if I put my top five together, right, and like I said before, Burrow was with like Jackson and you know Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady and those guys. He's now much closer to the Patrick Mahomes end of that spectrum than he is even mm-hmm. those guys. I will, I, I'm with you there. Um, because if
1: you, if, sorry, one last. No, bit. keep going. If you, if you say Burrow goes, say the Bengals go on, win the Super Bowl this year, and Burrow wins Super Bowl MVP, the only thing, the only major thing differentiating the two of them is a regular season MVP. And that's for two. Two guys that level of talent that's not that far apart. So that's my fi- you, that's my final word on that.
0: <laughs> We're gonna have to do a whole another thing on this. I could feel it. <laughs> um I'll, I'm gonna stick with you on the he's still much closer. But you you watched literally just watch the two of them and, and Patrick Holmes is just an alien. He's a different guy. But yeah, in terms of the on field success and what's what's going on, you're 100 right. He's getting much much yes. closer. Some other names to hear. We talked about Josh Allen. We talked about Trevor Lawrence. Um do you feel any different about Tom Brady and, and that Bad Bucks team losing in the first round the way they did or
1: No, because they should never they never really yeah, just they were just be bad. in there in the first place. They I I honestly if you can extend the if you we extended the play this regular season one more week I think the Panthers should have had a real shot to make that and I think the Panthers would have made that a much better game. I think the Panthers deserve to be in the playoffs more than the Bucks, And that's weird to say because of what they were going through and what their team was looking like throughout the season. But it's true. They were tearing teams up at the end of the season. Like not even like, like prime chiefs versus anyone. Like it was crazy to see how well they were playing. And so about Tom Brady doesn't really change much for me. Um, they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. Really, uh, eight and nine team hosting Dallas, worst defense in the league. It, it's just it wasn't. It didn't change much for me. I'd expected that.
0: Quick aside, where do you have Tom Brady next year?
1: Part of me says that he should retire, but he ain't I I think yeah, I don't think he will either. But I so I think he will end up in Vegas. Because I don't think the Niners need him, nor do they, nor should they want him. And the only other place I can think of him going is Vegas. I, That's the only place I can picture.
0: If you're a listener of this podcast, or if, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't listened to my episode last week, um, I'm just going to throw something out there. We're not even going to discuss it. And we're going to move on to the next guy real quick because we do need to wrap up this little uh, quarterback ranking segment here. But um, Tom Brady and Shane's beloved Carolina Panthers. Just just saying that, and we're gonna move on. Um, Interesting that Dak Prescott lost. Do you do you care about that one way or another? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> we need to stop the Dak hype. He, you're paying you're paying for a Ferrari, and you're getting Honda Civic level talent, like production. It's it. we need to stop the overhyping of Dak Prescott when he plays in a really good team, when he actually plays a good team, which in the playoffs, you need to be able to play against good teams. Look at Kirk cousins. He can't do it. He, he crumbles. Yes. He beat the bucks to a pulp, but that's, we just talked about it. That's the bucks. They should not have been there. I say, if that was the Panthers, I actually would give the Panthers a pretty decent shot to win that game. Dr. Prescott, it just he just keeps solidifying that he's overrated in my mind. I keep finding ways to I keep he keeps giving us reasons. And I, by by it's, by your reaction, it, I feel like you by your silence, I feel like you are going it's to disagree so with hard me. for
0: me to not just like make this whole thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is he in that one or two group that I mentioned before? No. See, in that next group where you might have, oh, gosh, I don't even know off the top of my head who would be at this point. Anyways, we don't need to go into the whole thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing to to what you're saying. This is why this topic is number one on my board, right? Because Mm -hmm. the way people are viewing quarterbacks, and and it sounds like for you individually that this is how you felt about Dak this whole time. but just Just saying coming out of this, like this has been, it's it's Wednesday now as we record this. They played on what day was it? Sunday. I don't even know anymore days. Um this has been the four three or four day discussion now on Twitter. Has been all about Dak Prescott, which is crazy with everything else going on. And it's like this is this is why it happens. And and I'm just gonna hit a few more names here and and we don't even have to have a discussion on it because we hit the big ones. Um Mm -hmm. and we'll move to the next one. But this next guy you talked about a lot in the last time you heard brock purdy like the the lore of brock purdy just continues to grow and it's just oh my gosh you're you either love it or you're like me and and you hate it just because you know i think it's right? i think he's good but there are people putting him on some crazy levels right now and that stuff's nuts um I'm not go putting ahead. him
1: up on a crazy level, but I think my impression of him is growing with each win he's getting. Cause yeah. now he's getting playoff win experience. Yeah. He's, totally. he's becoming better, but I wouldn't put him up on like this pedestal though. No,
0: totally. Um, and the last guy I haven't mentioned yet, and it's just because he didn't play during these playoffs is Lamar Jackson. And just the whole storyline that's going to go around him, uh, all the crazy stuff that former players and coaches and analysts were saying about him in the media, um leading up to the game and after the game against the Bengals when they lost and you know michael victim just put a brace on it and i think i think it might have been sean payton had an issue with him tweeting you know lamar tweeting about the injury and why he wasn't playing and all this stuff and just like last year everybody loved lamar jackson and and so this this playoffs i just named half the quarterbacks that played in the playoffs you could easily talk about the other half Mm -hmm. but everyone's talking about these guys differently now right and that's what happens every year and it's just when you look back on these playoffs it's going to be the Trevor Lawrence comeback the Joe Burrow ascension to the elite of the elite group um Daniel Jones securing the bag right when he <laughs> when he gets a 30 million dollar a yes. year contract this offseason it's going to be because they won a playoff game um we're going to have to talk about Brock Purdy making the NFC championship game as Mr. Irrelevant talk about you know that even if Not maybe not necessarily the outcome of the game or or where we have them, but just the Dak Prescott discourse that has happened in the Mm -hmm. four days since they've lost. Josh Allen falling apart on Mark Jackson. Not playing talking about these quarterbacks and where they sit among the other best quarterbacks in the league is what the playoffs are about every year. So I just want to talk about those. Promise not to take that long on any other of my (laughs) segments. But Shane, hit me with your second down. What do you got here in the red zone?
1: Um, second down, and I think this actually happened on second down. I'm going with the Geno Smith fumble.
0: Oh, uh, uh, I sorry, think that
1: the the, Haw- the Seahawks were in a position to they solidify worked. their lead, really put this game fully in the Seahawks momentum. Any e- Geno Smith fumbled and momentum completely shifted and never went back. I think that's a huge story, because like, if that happens, if they if he doesn't fumble and they score on that, we're not talking about the Niners today. We're not talking about Brock Purdy uh, being good. We're not talking about Brock Purdy potentially being the starter next year we're not none of this is being talked about because the Seahawks beat them. So, I think that that was a huge huge part of this playoffs and very quick part of the playoffs.
0: It's amazing how you just like all just two games later, right, we forget about these moments. And mm-hmm. that's that's at least a 10-point swing, right? Cuz that was in that was in the red zone. They were in the red zone, um, so that's and on, I think it they was, Score third so a down 14 it was very close swing. exactly exactly e- even at worst if you get a field goal right
1: yeah that's yeah
0: it yeah it completely flipped the game on its head um that's and that's another guy you know everyone was getting again i think we talked about it the last time we here. rightfully so really excited about gino um but yeah that that is a sliding doors moment and when we look back and especially if the 49ers on to like win the super bowl right you know we're going to be watching nfl films and they're gonna take us through Super Bowl. I don't even know what number Super Bowl it is, but Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. The 49ers rode to the Super Bowl. And oh man, this first game, they were down. If it wasn't for this Geno Smith fumble and, you know, at least the 10-point, if not 14-point swing, who knows what would have happened? Mr. Brock Purdy might have never started another NFL game. Yada, yada, yada. I can mm-hmm. I can hear that happening. I can see that on the TV screen. Um it, to quickly take it back to quarterbacks, Gino, feel any different about him now? Not really. Okay.
1: No, cool. I'm still kind of just in the mail. Hasn't changed much.
0: It'll be all right. Um, my number two uh, is, and, and I alluded to this a bit, but finding the right coach is just important as finding the right quarterback. And to take you through some of these examples, Doug Peterson, who we just talked about, Comes in after Urban Meyer and turned the three and fourteen Jags into a nine and eighteen that won a playoff game and was in it with the Chiefs for a large portion of that game. Brian Dayball comes in after Joe Judge and Pat Shermer uh, ruined start tried to ruin Daniel Jones' whole career uh, and took the four and thirteen Giants to a nine seven and one team with a win in the playoffs. Um, Chargers fired Joe Brady. We just talked about the offense was just horrible all season, and and you know they're going to move on from that because we have this franchise quarterback that we need to capitalize on. The Bucks mm-hmm. fired Byron Leftwich. Um, the Bucks offense was really really bad for much of the season, and you know this was a guy that we were just talking about as being the next hot head coach, and now he's going to probably have to go be a quarterback coach somewhere. Um, Ravens hire Craig Roman uh you know who and who knows what's going to happen with the OC job in Baltimore moving forward Vikings a miserable defensive effort uh from Ed Donatello <laughs> the defensive coordinator just he he's canned after one season um and then looking ahead to what's going to happen in Dallas right Mike McCarthy's not going to go anywhere um Dan Quinn you know, is probably going to be a finalist for one of these head coaching vacancies. If, if not, at least getting one of them. Kellen um, Moore, if he doesn't get the head coaching job in Carolina, which is the only place he has interviewed with so far, and he's one of the, I think, two or three finalists. It sounds like there. One of
1: the three, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who like who knows? Do you, can you bring back Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, and Dak Prescott all for this offense again? Probably not. You wouldn't think so. You would. You feel like something would have to change unless they just go out and make a big splash with the receiver or something. But um, all of those teams have good, you know, either good quarterbacks, good offenses in general, good coaches on the other side, something really well working for them. And it feels like more and more, and I don't know if this is just because I'm covering the league more, I'm older, I'm paying more attention, but I know more of these assistant coaches and the importance of the hirings and firings of them, let alone bringing in the right head coach. Um, we've seen, we saw these two drastic examples of bringing in the right head coach and the difference it can make um, to both a number one overall pick, best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck and Daniel Jones, who got his fifth year option declined and looked like he was going to be a backup next year. So, two ends of the spectrum on, in terms of quarterback you bring in the right head coach and just about anything can happen. And, and then to a lesser degree, if you have the quarterback or you have something going well for your team and you have an assistant, that's not up to snuff. uh You you better be moving on quick because this league goes by you fast. Um I know you've got, you know, Mr. Pete Carroll and I've got Mr. Uh, Mike Tomlin here. So we're feeling pretty decent about our coaches, yeah, we, but we've been um, sailing for a while. <laughs> any. Anything about these coaches that that stands out to you this season, whether it's something you saw in the playoffs or just something you're looking forward to with, with maybe some of these changes?
1: Um, not really anything. The only thing that really does stick out to me is the change from the Urban Meyer Jags to the Doug Peterson Jags. But hey, that that's the only one that really sticks out. Like, what were they two and eleven, and then they flip the switch and win the NFC South? It's I just I'm very impressed and I think it's awesome but none of the others really stick out that much to me I yeah
0: man that was a that was a second and one by me in the red zone in, in Shane's mind I guess that wasn't too wasn't too, uh, wasn't too successful of a play I gotta work on that got a money third down third down here third. <laughs> uh Shane what's your third down play here
1: um I'm gonna go with the Sam Hubbard fumble return it has, one. it had to have cut. It had to come up at some point. That's, That's a great the, one. The, the, that, that, that won the game for the Bengals. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie.
0: Talk, I mean, talk about a swing, talk, talk about a big swing, right? Yeah. And uh, momentum and score.
1: And I think the only reason that game was so close is because it's a rival, a division rival. They yep. played each other twice already. Yep. And those games are usually always really good, close games. And, I just think that was complete momentum shifter late in the game seals the seals the deal. You just all the oh, such a good play, and to no see him be a big man too—that was awesome.
0: I couldn't believe, yeah, the the fact that he didn't get chased down, um, was insane. But yeah, it was it was the last score of the game. It was literally the last time points were put on the board in that mm-hmm. game, um, and, and obviously that was. Tyler Huntley trying to jump over the line from the three-yard line, um, extend the ball. Uh, Logan Wilson knocks it out. Sam Hubbard recovers. 98 yards, return for a touchdown. Again, sliding doors moment, man, because, yeah, if that doesn't happen, we're not talking about the Bengals. And and what we are talking about with the Bengals is, you know, the thing coming out of last year's playoffs and last year's Super Bowl run was – it was kind of fluky, right? You know, you had – I'll never forget the Raiders call or non-call, right? The ref blows the whistle in the end zone. Everyone stops and, and they get a touchdown. Um, turnovers and turnover luck and and escaping from all the sacks. And, um, you know, then you, you kind of go into this season like, okay, how real was that? What's going to happen next? And um, a wild card round loss to the Ravens without Lamar Jackson – asking a lot of questions you're you're wondering a lot of things or you're just kind of moving on and and you know maybe you're not thinking about it at all but um that play happens that the fumble in the jungle i believe is the nickname that that we're going with these days and oh, yeah. um you know it, it's just now Joe now joe is with the elite quarterbacks um and lamar jackson is uh maybe headed elsewhere um my third down. See, now I feel like I gotta break out one of the crazy ones for you. Uh let's see here. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'ma to I'm am gonna go I'ma go coach. I think you'll like this one. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the coach here. We talked about Joe Burrow making his way into the into the elite quarterbacks. This guy, I think, has been on the cusp of being named with the elite coaches, the Tomlins, the Carrolls, the Belichicks, all these guys. He's been in that like young hotshot group for a really long time but i think it's time Kyle Shanahan is among the elite group of coaches in the NFL and when you think back on these playoffs you're going to think about him not him being on his third string quarterback and somehow designing an offense that is putting up um just crazy numbers and and we we've gotten a sense of this for the last few years with Jimmy Garoppolo being being the quarterback right obviously a limited quarterback That, you know, has done his job, has his faults, but limited upside, limited ceiling, and and this has been a good offense for years. But to see that on the next level with the literal Mr. Irrelevant um, Mm -hmm. and to be in the NFC Championship game. So we've talked about what it means for Brock Purdy to go on this run. We've talked about what it means for Joe Burrow to go on his run, all of this stuff. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan has kind of cemented himself during these playoffs in that elite group of coaches. What What do you think about that?
1: yeah i I think that I agree to an extent I think that he uh definitely should be up there, but I also want to see them move past the NFC championship game because one of his things that he's known for and is criticized a lot for is making it all the way up to this point and then blowing it um so i i i would I would be totally willing to put him up there. I do just also want to see him win this weekend.
0: What would it have to look like? Because and, and I'm with you, like eventually you have to put you have to put the wins on the board, you have to put the points on the board. But on, only one two teams go to the Super Bowl every year. Only one team from the conference goes to the Super Bowl every year. And uh-huh. he's been um, let's see here. Let's see. Oh, I had some stuff on it. Um, In his six years with the Niners, he's only been there six years. He's gotten to three conference championship games and one Super Bowl already. So one out of six. I have no idea what percentage that is. Um, In the three seasons that he didn't even have Jimmy Garoppolo or in the three seasons that he missed the NFC championship game, Jimmy G played a combined 14 games. So we see this amount of randomness and injury luck play a huge factor in what he's done so far what would it have to look like if he didn't make the Super Bowl for it to not look that bad on him?
1: Yeah, I think there is um, there is a situation where that can happen, and that's if the Niners lose, but it goes to like overtime or something like that, like it's a real down to the wire, or there's a play where it's like the Rams-Saints one with the, the PI that just doesn't mm-hmm. get called for some reason. You can't put that on... Like I if something like that happens, then I think it's you can easily say, Hey, they lost, but I'm not that wasn't truly their fault. Like that that that's not I should I don't think any less of them for that.
0: Right. So so something fluky, at least they show up, at least they're prepared. Mm -hmm. Um they they play to their strengths, right? They do something. That seems like they, they game plan for what the Eagles do, right? You know, they, they show up and play a good competitive game and then hopefully gets down to the wire. And you're still feeling pretty good about Shane at least. Yeah. Um, all right, Shane, give, give me your fourth down, man. What do you got here? This is, fourth this and is goal, your last chance. This is fourth Matt Stafford goal. coming back in with a dislocated shoulder.
1: Yeah, I'm throwing that touchdown. I am going with the Bengals as a whole the Bengals team as a whole, I think that they are just, for lack of better terms, I think they're just built different. I mean, they don't have tons of playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. They got Von Bell, you got Sam Hubbard, you got uh, Trey Hendrickson. But outside, they're just a defense that can read and react faster than anyone in the league, I feel. And they will come and meet you you wherever you decide to go. This defense is ran beautifully. They react well. They're everywhere. Uh, they're feisty, they're fired up. It, you there's it's really hard to put up tons of points on this team. This the Josh Allen only put up 10. And yes, it was snowy and all that. I get that, all that, but still, this team this is a team yeah. that was that put up, what was it, 50 something on the Steelers? Or was it was it the Steelers? It was Everyone they put ahead. up fifty or something on this year. <laughs> I remember seeing it was an absolute blowout. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you've got Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Wood, Joe Mixon, and you're down three starters, and they still put up twenty-seven points. They game plan perfectly. They say they say, "Oh, you're in Cover Four. Well, here's our list of twenty Cover Four beaters. Oh, you're going to line up in man." Oh, here's our man beaters. Here's our cover three beaters. Here's They just have a list, a game plan for every single type of coverage that you want to try to throw at them, and they will beat you with it. And they're not afraid to use short the short game. They're not afraid to to try to bomb it deep. They're not afraid to run it up the gut. They're not afraid to swing it outside. They, they have something for everything. It's less of a play and react. That's more of a, oh, you're going to do this. I'll just do this then. I'm going to beat you at your own game. And I just think that the, that's what makes them so dangerous. And I think that's because you don't see that and throughout a lot of the teams. Especially you might see it on offense or on defense, but you don't see it through a whole team. And I think that's what makes them different.
0: Luan Arumo, defensive coordinator for the Bengals. Yes, I couldn't, so... the na- I couldn't remember <laughs> the name. I couldn't remember his name. He's so freaking good, man. He is just incredible. They're the the, the thing with their defense is other than, other than Eli Apple, um, you just don't have any holes. You just have good, solid players, a few that are above the line for sure, Trey Hendrickson, Jesse Bates, um, and, and most of them are very good in the things that they do well, right? Uh, you wouldn't say Sam Hubbard is an all-pro defensive end, but he's a, good run defender and he can get after the quarterback a little bit right so that's what Mm -hmm. they ask him to do um mike Hilton, love mike Hilton, hate that he's there but (laughs) best blitzing corner best blitzing nickel run defending nickel in the league that's what Mm -hmm. they ask him to do um all across the board that's what they're doing with everybody luna remote gets those guys in the best positions uh for their skill set and makes them look like stars in the things that they do and it's one of those things where if they went somewhere else you don't know if it would translate the same way, um, so that part is terrific. With with the offense, something that was really interesting, and I'll be really interested to see it in, in this Chiefs game in the AFC Championship game, is that first drive against the Bills. Burrow was dropping back and throwing the ball quick, which he hardly ever does. Right, he likes mm-hmm. to hold on to the ball, make those deep plays. He was getting rid of the ball quick as anything in that first drive. And yeah. then immediately opened up the run game. And like you said, then they just ran it all over them, basically. And that was that was all they had to do to, to win that game. Um, And that was that first time, at least, that I had seen that offense play a different way, right? And to exactly what you're saying, if they can just start being multiple in everything on offense and defense, yeah, it is going to be scary. And it, it's going to be something that we're... Going to have to see for a long time. I said it on the Phantom Football Podcast. This is no longer a Mahomes versus Allen. This is no longer a Chiefs versus Bills for the AFC. The Bengals are officially it, it's a three-team race for the next half decade, decade, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Um I would be very interested to see us a, a more aggressive defense go against them next week, right? The Chiefs are very blitz happy. Spagnolo thinks of like the craziest stuff to do. He's not gonna throw mm-hmm. go the same thing at them twice. Um, whereas the Bills defense is very conservative. They're very lineup and play. So I'll, I'll be interested to see what that, what the Bengals do with that, how, how they react to it. it it's definitely going to be a, a good matchup. Um, I have some, I have some nerdy ones left, but I have a, I have a feeling I need a hail Mary here. And it's one that I feel like I haven't been as loud on the mountaintop with as I would have liked and i don't know why you know you know those takes that you think of and it's like you slide it out you maybe send like one little tweet and then you kind of forget about it and then like a year later it becomes a talking point and you're like what the heck i mm-hmm. should have been i should have been on that mountain more um greg olson is the best play by play guy the best or, or sorry the best color commentator we have at least when the sun is up <laughs> <laughs> and maybe in all of the games um i'm trying to think of a color analyst that i at least that i enjoy better and, and that i think is doing a better job and he's now starting to get his flowers um i, I know tony romo has, has lost a lot of the popular vote the, the last couple of years everyone's kind of getting tired of him or at least a lot of people are i love his exuberance it makes me I, happy when I someone else is tony happy to romo. watch it i i it but, makes it fun And like, that's the main point. Right. And and I think, but anyways, to get back to Greg Olson, Greg Olson is fantastic at Mm -hmm. this job. He is so good at it. Um, not only, and and I noticed this last year. So last year was his first year doing it. I actually wrote a piece for phantom sports where when when everybody was changing, right. All the rumors were coming around about like Al Michael's going to Amazon, Joe and, and Troy going to ESPN, um, and then the whole thing with Tom Brady signing the deal with Fox. And I specifically wrote in that article, I hope Tom Brady doesn't go to Fox because the rumor is they would pair him with Kevin Burkhart and make them the new number one if, if Troy and, and Buck leave. And I was like, and and my whole thing was Greg is so good at this. They had him in the, in the pregame show for, for one week, I think maybe literally week one. And he was bad. He like, didn't know what to do with like the 32nd, like bits and, and what to do like with those guys up there. But in the game, he is fantastic. He has a tight end. He can talk blocking schemes like crazy. He can talk receiver route trees. He can talk receiver and quarterback communication. Um, and he has that tight end personality where it's like he, he flies under the radar, but yeah. like he's, he is funny and he is like out there and like weird and personable, but not too nerdy where you're like not following what he's saying, but also not like can't be in depth enough right so he's just got it all going on and, and him and kevin Burkhardt, i believe they're doing the super bowl right Are just like so good together Burkhardt has gotten better and better um i am just i'm just so thrilled watching him every week and, and i started seeing tweets like uh, during these playoffs actually that people were really excited people were like wow greg Olson's great and and i guess a lot of people maybe aren't seeing it because you know they do a lot of the 425 games on fox right because that's like the prime mm. time slot and i think that's even though it's technically a prime time slot it's also the time where people get kind of sleepy and like have dinner time and and then get geared up for sunday night football so maybe not enough people are watching that that time so some of the some of the 430 games were kind of bad this year but he's just he's so freaking good man and and to see this is you know i'm talking about like hey what things are we going to remember from these playoffs and more than these nerdy stats i can throw at you that i always find exciting i think this is going to be the this is the year where everyone's like holy crud greg olson really good in the booth let's keep it rolling i like this um thoughts on greg olson
1: yeah i'm not i don't pay attention too much to the broadcasting commentating stuff i love I just I I don't have a problem with a lot of people. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I I don't pay attention to who's talking in the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just kind of listen to what they say, and sometimes I don't even listen because the beginning of the season I was I was working at Buffalo Wild Wings, and so I wouldn't hear anything anyways. Right. Um, but I I I do know what you're talking about, and I do. I do see, I have seen a little bit of stuff about Greg Olson and I've heard some of his clips and he's, I like it. He's really good. Um, I do also like Tony Romo. I know not a lot of people like him. I'm still on Romo uh, though.
0: I'm still with you. Yeah.
1: I, I like, I like him, but yeah, I agree. I agree. I'll give you the first down on that one. Heck yeah.
0: Heck yeah. Um, Well, we've hit our four. Were there any of yours that you left out that we don't have to dive deep on, but you just really want to get out there?
1: Yeah, there was one, maybe two I uh, the whole all the rumors and stuff surrounding Jimmy G potentially his comeback and oh, what yeah, that means tough. i 49ers i have a message for you okay if there is one cliche quote to take to heart for the next like month it's this one okay i hope you're hearing Kyle Shanahan everyone else who works at the San Francisco 49ers don't fix what isn't broken. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay? Thank you.
0: Okay. Uh, for, for everyone listening, that was Shane just moving the microphone progressively and progressively closer to his face. So that way, Kyle Shanahan, you know, frequent listener of the Simon Shore podcast. So yeah, so, he, so he didn't miss any of that. Um, He's yeah, a big fan of I don't changing. know. <laughs> I don't know why that keeps getting brought up uh when, when Rappin and shefty tweet that stuff um yeah that that ship is sailed man that is toast that not not even a lick of uh other than the old, here's the only scenario that it would matter if he's healthy enough to suit up and then he can be the backup in the super bowl right and and then yeah that's fine how many times but... can they cut to him that's that's the only reason it matters but yes all the hype yeah. around we don't need to be on backup qb watch right now uh, brock birdie's doing his thing they're they're winning games we're yeah. Nothing's going to happen. It's um, just
1: crazy to me that they're thinking about breaking this up, like just because he's back. Can you could know.
0: you imagine if Brock Purdy were to win this game in Philadelphia? They go to the Super Bowl in two weeks. Jimmy Garoppolo starts, and then he I throws a pick of, in the first half. I,
1: all, he'll get benched. He, he'd get benched. <laughs> I think if he didn't perform very well, he'd get benched.
0: Oh my gosh! Otherwise, otherwise,
1: all of San Francisco will riot. Probably that.
0: See that would take my my what was it my second down? My, no, it was my third down. That that would keep Kyle Shanahan out of the elite tier. You yeah. can't be. He's not gonna mess yeah, that's, with that. You can't. It's not gonna happen. Um, my two little nerdy stats that I just wanted to throw at everybody. We don't have to really talk about it, but playoff football means you can't turn the football over. That I mean that's pretty obvious. But I mean literally the four remaining teams. Um in in the playoffs here all have a positive turnover differential for the postseason uh only six of the 14 teams that made uh the playoffs have accomplished that um so so two more teams did it and have thus been eliminated Uh but um six teams out of these 14 had a negative turnover differential and four of them lost in the first round uh and six teams through two games had multiple turnovers and all have been eliminated So if if you turn the ball over, you better only turn it over once and you better get that thing back at least one time with your defense. Don't turn the ball over in the playoffs. Um, And a little nugget to think about for next year. Football Outsiders has their DVOA stat, which is great. And I think very, very telling and very interesting when you pair it with things. Um, But you better be in the top 10 in DVOA if you want to be in the conference championship game. At least when you look at it this season. I did see a thing about that. All the top teams, six teams
1: remaining at, uh, on Sunday morning were top. Were the top six or all five, in the top five ten? of
0: the six were all in the top ten, and I believe oh, I forget which te- one of them was eleventh. I think the but Giants was the, were eleventh.
1: They were all all like super high on the DVOA. I saw some about that, and I was like, "Wow, that's it's really it really still does ring true. Defense wins championships. You could have an amazing offense." but if you have a piss poor defense <clears throat> vikings and yep. you don't make you won't win the yep. super bowl yep
0: and, and dvoa wraps all that stuff up together and and all all teams going i even so i went on football outsiders if you don't have football outsiders you can get a free subscription and still have access to at least this stuff there there's deeper stuff and and stuff you get earlier if you pay which i don't do um but going back to 2018 the only team to play in a conference championship game that was not in the top 10 of DVOA for the regular season was last year's Bengals team. That's the only team going back to 2018 to have done that. Uh, The Chiefs were the only team outside of the top 20 in either of the offensive or defensive DVOA categories. The Chiefs did it like three times since 2018. (laughs) Their defense was like 20th, 21st, and 27th or something like that in three of the seasons. Not good. Not this year. They're 18th this year. Hey, Um, In in the defensive uh, category, first and offensive. Uh, The 2021 Bengals were also the only team outside of the top 10 in specifically offensive DVOA. So you cannot, unless you were the Bengals from last year, outside of the top 10 in offensive DVOA unless you're the Chiefs who have maybe had the greatest offensive run uh, in for uh, over a five-year stretch here. Um, you can't be outside of the top 20 defensively. And just overall DVOA, going back to 2018, says you better be in the top 10 of overall DVA, DVOA. Sorry. So when next season, let's think about this. When we get to week 17, 18, previewing the playoffs, let's look at those top 10 and say, our, our conference championship contenders are, are coming from these 10 teams and then we'll see how we do. So everybody make sure you take a look at that. Cause I know everyone's now going to run to football outsiders and subscribe and, and check back uh, before week one of the playoffs next year. Um, those were all my takes Shane. I think we covered the playoffs pretty well, man. I think we got, a, you had a great mix of, of like the individual plays that, that turned a lot of things. I had a lot of nerdy, broad things that people are fighting about on Twitter. Hey, um, that works too. that, uh, that, encompasses everything that you need to know about, about football, nerdy things to argue question. with and specific plays. Shane, go ahead. Hit me with your question. Thank you for raising your hand. Also. It's a, a to be able to
1: see that, but <laughs> are you, how excited are you to see the absolute defensive slug fest this weekend in the NFC championship game?
0: I love it. I'm very excited. I still think, I think when, when I looked on Monday, the over under was like 45 and a half. I think we still might hit that, but the fact that it's a conversation in 2022, 2023, in the playoffs, in in the last round of the playoffs where you have like the two best teams, the fact that taking the under is even, even a conversation is pretty incredible, but yeah, the the best, best defense in the league. And then I think the defense that's best equipped to make Brock Purdy kind of come down a, a notch, right. In terms of. You have the front four to put pressure on them. You have high level defensive backs to take advantage sure. of some of these mistakes that some of these other teams haven't been able to do in the postseason. Um, and just the physicality that's going to be in that game. Is just I'm so be excited. So nasty, man. It's going to be so, so great. Um, yes, very excited for the defensive slug pass. And again, right. I mean, even Cincinnati, Kansas City, we think of them as high powered offensive teams. We, we talked up Lou Anna Rumo. we talked about the blitzing of the Chiefs. Um, I talked about the chiefs defense on, on the phantom football pod, uh, against the Jags was, was stellar. It was fantastic. Um, defense is back, man. I, I, I did actually try to make my take cause you know, scoring was down a little bit in the regular season. Um, and I tried to see if that, that, uh, stayed true for the playoffs. It didn't, it's, it's actually up a couple points per game, uh, over the course of all the teams compared to last year, but, um, no defense is back. You better, especially to this point, you better still have defense for sure. Yep. All right, Shane. Well, thank you so much for being here, man. We really appreciate it. Always good to have you on and talk a little football. Thank you.
1: Of course. Anytime. I enjoy it. Uh, I would love to be back and talk Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow and all those different things that I went on tangents on
0: Next time I have Robertson on for a QB ranking, we might have to pull you in because we, he, and I argue enough. So we might as well just throw you into the fire and see, I'll, I, see what else. Happens.
1: I will add even I will dump fuel on that fire. will all we'll, for it.
0: <laughs> we'll get through one quarterback per episode. It'll be great. Sounds um, good to be. So again, to Shane, thank you to all you listeners. Thank you for being here. Make sure you guys come back and subscribe, uh, rate and review the pod. Make sure we hear from you. Make sure you guys are following me on Twitter so you can get all the updates on the pod. Make sure you follow Shane on Twitter. Make sure you're going to phantomsportsindustries.com, reading everything we have there, checking out all of our podcasts, all of our YouTube content. We have a bunch of stuff going on. It's just going to keep happening. So thank you all so much for being here once again. We will talk to you next week. Have fun and be safe out there.